0: following is a presentation of Highlands Church, helping de church people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at highlandsadventure.org. My name is Sean Martin. I am the lead pastor here at Highlands, and just thrilled to be up here this morning talking about adventure. We just watched a clip from The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. And in that clip, Bilbo Baggins was wrestling with this invitation to go on an adventure. Now, we didn't see it in the clip, but before this, 13 dwarves and a wizard had come unexpected to this hobbit's house, and they'd invited him to go on a quest to a lonely mountain where those dwarves planned to retake their home and their treasure from an evil dragon that had stolen them from them so long before. They asked Bilbo to come along as their burglar. But at first, Bilbo didn't want to go. He lived in the Shire. He was a Baggins from Bag End. He had a very comfortable life. And he knew that going on this adventure could be dangerous. He knew that it could change him. He knew that things would never be the same. Well, just like Bilbo, you and I are invited on an adventure. The adventure of becoming a more fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And like Bilbo, we're probably not sure if we want to jump in. That scene where he's just standing there wondering what he was going to do. A lot of us are in that same position because the adventure might disrupt our lives. And the adventure might change us. It's not that we don't want to go. It's just that we're not quite ready yet. We'll get out there someday. Someday when we have more time. Someday when we have more money. Someday when we've done all the things that we want to do. Accomplished all that we want to accomplish. When our lives get back together. A lot of us are waiting for someday. In this Living the Adventure series, we're asking the question, what are you waiting for? And for many people, I believe the answer to that question is that one word answer, someday. But what if someday was today? What if we let that someday become right now? And what if we stood just like Bilbo did in that clip, and we ran out the door to an unknown future and said, I'm going on an adventure. That's what we want to invite you to. In our scripture this morning, we're going to look at a passage where Jesus invited three different people to go with him on the adventure. We're going to hear him say some difficult things, and we're going to try to understand what this all means for our lives today. Our scripture is found in Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. I'll stand back so you guys can see this morning. (laughs) Says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, this is Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Wow, that, that, those are some hard words, aren't they? We're going to get to those as we go along this morning. Jesus invited these three men to follow him. Now, when we hear the words, follow me today, maybe this is what we have in mind. It's coming. There it is. <laughs> we think maybe of Twitter We think of this invitation from people to follow me on Twitter. Now, when you follow somebody on Twitter, it means staying up to date on all of their latest tweets. It means reading what they have to say in 140 characters or less. You can follow people without meeting them, you can follow people without spending any time with them. Following someone on Twitter doesn't take all that much commitment. You can follow on your schedule. You can follow only those things that interest you. And you have to, you can pay attention um, to hundreds of people. You can follow hundreds of people all at the same time. When you follow someone on Twitter, you don't have access to somebody's daily life. You only have access to the version of themselves that they choose to portray online. This is not the kind of following that Jesus had in mind when he spoke to these three men. Following a rabbi in the first century was a common thing, and it was an all-inclusive endeavor. Leaving, you meant leaving family and friends behind. It meant traveling the country in many cases and living under difficult circumstances. Unlike Twitter, where your access is limited to what you see on your computer screen, and following a rabbi in the first century meant having constant access. His life was viewable to you. And your entire life was viewable to the rabbi. You lived in constant community. And disciples had this deep desire not only to read and to look at the posts that this rabbi had. They had a deep desire to emulate everything that that rabbi did. They ate like their rabbi ate. They rested like their rabbi rested. They even sought to imitate his behaviors his prejudices, his preferences. To say you were the disciple of a rabbi in the first century meant that you were really, truly trying to live just like them. You surrendered your life to their way of life and your behaviors to their interpretation of Scripture. You could not go halfway in. Being a disciple in the first century meant that you were all in. So Jesus wasn't inviting these people to follow him like we would today on Twitter. He was asking them to join him in community that would live together, that would travel together, that would sacrifice everything to be together, and that they would be changed forever. So let's look at the three men in this passage and this invitation that they have been given to follow. The first man, now we don't know what he did. We don't know how he responded. We don't know even who he is, but we can learn a lot from what he did. He came to Jesus and he said, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, this was a very common practice back then as well for a would-be student to seek out the rabbi that he wanted to follow and to ask if he could follow that rabbi. And when that happened, this teacher, this rabbi would, would look into this person and say, now, does this person have what it takes to become like me? Does this person have the intellect? Does this person have the commitment? Does this person have the ability to do everything that I do? And very often, those would-be students would be turned away because they didn't meet all those criteria. But when this man came to Jesus, Jesus didn't look into his intellect. He didn't check his references. He didn't do any of that. He just had one statement. Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, it it would be helpful to understand that passage to know that Jesus often referred to himself in the third person as the son of man. He was way ahead of his time. There's, There's lots of actors and And rappers and athletes that like to refer to themselves in the third person. And maybe with a nickname these days. Jesus was way ahead of his time on that. Jesus was telling this man that following him meant that he would have to leave everything. It meant that following Jesus meant you would not have a a permanent home. A permanent place to lay your head. It was an all-inclusive endeavor. So like Bilbo Baggins leaving the shire. This man would have to give up some of his comfort and some of what was known in order to live the adventure that his heart had always longed for. So that was the first man. Then the second man came along and Jesus invited that person to follow him. He flipped it and went the other way. Now this was a rare but not unprecedented circumstance. To have a rabbi ask you to follow him was one of the greatest honors you could ever have because it was saying that this rabbi had so much confidence in your ability to become like him that he was inviting you into his community. If only this man fully understood who it was that was giving him this invitation. This was no mere rabbi, this was God Himself in human form. What an honor. But this second man responded by saying, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Well, that makes sense. That's a a huge commitment and one that was very important in that culture and even in scripture to honor your parents in that way. So was Jesus telling this guy, don't go back and bury your father that just died. Come with me now. It's unlikely that that was exactly what was happening. Because when somebody died in that culture, it was very quick that they would be Buried. And during that time, the family would go into kind of a reclusive mourning period and they wouldn't be out talking to rabbis. So, what was probably happening here was this, this man probably had a father who was either still alive or who had died and had been buried. If he, had, if he was still alive, the man was asking, you know what, can I go back and stay with my dad for an indefinite amount of time? Or perhaps. A second burial was in view. It was very common in this day that there would be a second burial about a year after where the son would go back and take the bones of a parent and put those bones in a special box and place it in a wall in the tomb. So this man was not asking to go back and bury his father today. He was actually asking Jesus, can I go back and wait for an indefinite amount of time, maybe a year, maybe longer? He was saying, I will follow you. Someday, Jesus' remaining time on earth was short. There was no time to delay, not for a year, and certainly not for an infinite amount of time. The call to follow Jesus was even more urgent than the most important responsibilities in this man's life. Well, the third man came along, and he told Jesus that he would follow him But first he said, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Again, a very reasonable request that this man made. But once again, Jesus had a hard reply. He said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is worthy of service in the kingdom of God. That is a hard statement. But first, let's look at what he was saying. He was saying anybody who puts their hand to the plow and looks back. Now, I imagine... If Jesus were here today and he wanted to give the same illustration, he'd probably go to that mayhem guy from the insurance commercials. (laughs) Have you seen him? He'd probably go to him and he'd put him on a tractor and he'd, he'd put his earbuds in and he'd have him distracted by his cell phone and cute girls behind him and all this stuff. And he would start driving the tractor like this. And instead of driving in a straight line, he'd go through fences and vineyards and through a barn and cause all sorts of damage. Because you cannot plow straight ahead. You cannot make a straight furrow unless you're focused on a fixed point ahead of you. So Jesus is saying here that in order to go with me, you need to stay focused on me. You cannot look around or else your furrows are going to be in all different directions and they're going to be all disjointed. So he gives them this hard saying was he telling this people that family's not important? Was he saying to him that you should just neglect your families? Well, when you come across a hard statement like this, there's two things to keep in mind. First of all, Jesus was love incarnate. He was the embodiment of love. And so when he told somebody something, it was always an act of love. This was a hard statement for this particular person, because Jesus knew that he was putting off something that needed to happen today. And Jesus didn't mean this as a universal law. In fact, there are other places, check out Mark chapter, I mean, Matthew chapter 15. There are other places where Jesus spoke against just completely neglecting your family. So this was not meant to be a universal law. And a similar passage in the Old Testament, I think, can shed some light on this. When the prophet Elijah passed his prophetic office, off to Elisha in 1 Kings chapter 19. A very similar thing happened with a different result. And I just wanted to read this, it's just three verses. We'll put it up on the screen over here. <laughs> <laughs> so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. "'And Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. "'Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye,' he said, "'and then I will come with you. "'Go back,' Elijah replied. "'What have I done to you?' "'So Elijah left him and went back. "'He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. "'He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat "'and gave it to the people, and they ate.' Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his attendant. So two stories, two very similar requests. Let me go back and say goodbye to my family. One was given that opportunity and the other was not. The difference that's implied is that Elisha was getting prepared to go. He went back and he got rid of all the tools of his trade, So that he wouldn't have anything encumbering him. He said goodbye to his family and then he went. But the man who came to Jesus, the implication is he was procrastinating. I was really good at procrastinating as a student. Waiting till the last minute to get everything turned in. And a lot of times we procrastinate with our faith. Jesus wasn't saying family's not important. Jesus was saying there is nothing more important than following me now. Don't let anything hold you back. He said, live the adventure. Don't wait for someday. Well, what someday are you waiting for? Are you waiting for that someday when you have more time? Maybe like the woman who, when she was in college, she thought, you know, I'm so busy with my studies and with my friends and with my part-time job that I just don't have any time for God. I'll get to that someday. And then she graduated and she got a job and then she got engaged and she had a wedding to plan and so she was way too busy then. So someday I'll get serious about God. Then once she was married a few years later they started having kids and she said, "You know, I'm way too busy. I'll get serious someday." Or maybe you're like the person who says, "I'll my someday is when I have accomplished everything that I want to accomplish. There are just some things that I need to do. I need to earn more money, make a living, make a name for myself." I, and I need to get some things out of my system that maybe God wouldn't be so happy with. And, and so someday, down the road, I will get serious about all this. I'll take the next step. I'll live the adventure someday. But when we do that, we're buying into the misconception that living for myself is a more fulfilling way to live. And we think that we'll no longer be fulfilled, but nothing could be further from the truth. Or maybe you're in the frame of mind that my someday is when I get my life together. We're going to talk more about this next week, but for now, many of us think that, man, I'm just too broken. I've got too much junk in my life. There's too much going on. I cannot even begin to think about taking a step out there toward God. But when we do that, we're a lot like the sick woman who says, I'm not going to a doctor until I'm healed. I don't want the doctor to see me this way. And I don't think the doctor can do anything for me until I'm totally healthy. But God invites us to come to him, our great physician, just as we are. And let him do that healing work in us along the way as we travel with him. So what someday are you waiting for? Someday when I have more time? Someday when I've accomplished everything I want to accomplish? Someday when I'm healthier and more whole? Or something else? Maybe it's time to let someday be today. To step out in faith. And just like Bilbo Baggins did in that that video that we watched earlier. Run toward Christ. And exclaim, I'm going on an adventure. Please bow and pray with me. Lord, someday you will return. Someday you will wipe every tear from our eyes. Someday we will be more whole than we've ever been before. And that's worth waiting for. But waiting to get on the adventure is just waiting for something that that is so spectacular that we could have right now. Lord, I pray that you would help every person here take that step and live the adventure. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a presentation of Highlands Church. Helping de-church people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at highlandsadventure.org.